Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Welcome into another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. We are shaking off the rust. The Las Vegas Raiders are on the agenda. It's Wednesday. You'll listen to this on Thursday. You know the drill by now. Merrick Brave, Joshua Houts, gentlemen. Welcome back from the bye. How we feeling? We're feeling rested, feeling uh, ready to to kick off the second half of this season for the Miami Dolphins. Hopefully uh, uh, a good second half. I, I think the bye week was good to the Dolphins. And, you know, it's always good when you see the Buffalo Bills lose, uh, which they did on uh, Monday Night Football to the Denver Broncos, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I seem to remember this Miami Dolphins team beating those Denver Broncos 70-20. to 20. Uh, So no excuses, Bills fans. We're tired of them. But uh, as far as far as I'm going, it's nice. It's a nice day in Iowa today. How about yourself, Josh? I definitely just muted myself after it was my turn to talk. I'm good. I, I say it all every time, but every time we get to come on here and talk Dolphins football, I mean, we we're joking about Tua, Tua's hair before this podcast. So it's just awesome that we can come on here every week and, and talk about the team we what love. So I'm doing wonderful. Yeah, you got cornrows. You, everyone sees it. By now, by the time you're listening to this podcast, um, you see the two a new look. I guess he had a sleeve on his arm. He had a cap on um, at practice. No one knew it was under that cap, but lo and behold, it's some cornrows. So uh, like you said, Jake, the Raiders, they're about to get, what, 69 dropped on them? It's going to be an ugly, ugly day if you're a Raiders fan. <laughs> so he's got the cornrows, the sleeve. Do you think the sleeve is because he got uh, some stuff added to the tattoo? Swag, just probably just swag, it? right? It's you don't you don't think arm. you don't think he added to the tattoo? You, you know, that's a very Samoan thing to do is to to keep adding on to the tribal tattoo. Maybe he got some work done during the buy. I think sticky oh fingers, that's, go that's go gadget. Hat worthy, but it's I, I like it. I like that idea. I was gonna say it's inspector you gadget. You got some you got something that lets you catch a, a hundred mile per hour ball that's going to your right side with your one hand, right? And I think that's what he got done <laughs> Maybe you'll be able to catch some of those Connor Williams snaps with the game on the line. But I digress. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. We have a loaded show today, guys. We're going to talk or we're going to try to figure out what's on Chris Greer's mind as he continues to work out different players. Uh, we're going to discuss how the defense might create some more turnovers in the second half. But gentlemen, as Joshua would say, we're going to get this road on the show by talking about this wide receiver group. To, uh, excuse me. Jalen Waddle came out on Monday and just kind of talked about how important this bye week was nine weeks into the season. It came at the ideal time. So gentlemen, I feel like we all kind of expected more from Jalen Waddle this year and understandably. So he's dealt with some injuries. I think uh, uh, oblique, uh, he got rolled up on against the chiefs because there wasn't an injury report last week, but if there was, I'm sure he would have been on it. He missed the game with the concussion and I mean, think I'm even missing one more injury. Back, on there. back injury, yeah. back injury. So, how do we feel about Jalen Waddle's recovery and if he's just absolutely going to take off to the moon in the second half of the season? It sounds like Jalen Waddle's been hanging out with Teron Armstead too much because he needs to, he needs to get the little That's Giants too treatment. Soon. Too soon. <laughs> yeah. He needs to, he's, he needs to show up to these games wrapped in bubble wrap. I think if, uh, if we're going to keep Jalen Waddle healthy, hopefully like you, like you said there, Jake, hopefully this bye week was at the perfect time for him. He's able to get rested, recovered, and hopefully he can avoid the injury bug for the rest of the season. You know, people are saying it's a little bit of a down year for Jalen Waddle, but with the litany of injuries you just listed off, why wouldn't it be? It's, it's hard to, to fight through some of that stuff. And we've already talked about how, cautious this regime is with injuries so they're going to sit you if, if you're not uh 
if you're not feeling quite up to the test. So Jalen Waddle did miss a game. He's been in and out of a, a couple others. So the stats are a little bit down. Now he's still on pace for over a thousand yards this year. Uh, and, and you have to think maybe some more attention is going to be paid to Tyreek Hill over these last few games, seeing what he did uh, this first half of the season. So maybe that opens things up for Jalen Waddle a little bit. Maybe that allows him to to kind of get back to the Jalen Waddle that we all know and love that he has been his first couple of years in the National Football League. But time will certainly tell. But he's got to get healthy first. He does, and it is an unfortunate um, season for him. I mean, we talked about it in the offseason. He got stronger, right, got bigger. We thought, you know, um, adding on that muscle, does that maybe make him play a little bit more reckless, and maybe that's why he's getting banged up? I don't know, but not having Jalen Waddle out there is definitely um, not ideal for this offense. Looks like he caught 40, 59 passes for 522 yards and three touchdowns. Um, when you compare that to Tyreek Hill's 1,076 yards, I mean, Tyreek has double the number of yards he has um, over double the touchdowns and um, they, he missed what Jalen Waddle technically one game. So you want to see him out there. You want to see him build upon that year we had last season. And um, again, when Jalen Waddle's working, when he's healthy, working on all cylinders, I mean, this offense is hard to stop. So um, we need to get Jalen Waddle back and healthy as soon as we can. Hopefully um, that's this week against the Raiders as it sounds, but um, uh, not the best season for Jalen Waddle. Not what we expect anyway, as Dolphin fans. You know me, big math guy. Dolphins have played nine games. Waddle's been active for eight of them. At 522 yards. Uh, Merrick, I set the over-under at 1,100 yards. Does Ooh. Waddle surpass it? Oh, that's tough. Yeah. I mean, you got there's a lot of things you can take into consideration there. You know, I think if he stays healthy, he probably does pass that. But he's just dealing with a lot right now. Um, Devon Achan coming back to, to the game this weekend. And, and Mike McDaniel... Uh, might be more inclined to call a few more runs and that certainly wouldn't help pad Waddle's stats here. So, you know, controversial, but I think I'm going to take the under. I think I'm taking the under of 1,100 yards for Jalen Waddle. If he hit that under, Josh, would that disappoint you? What was it, 1,100? Yeah. Is that what he said? I don't know that I'd be disappointed because if he's missing it, it's only by a little, right? I mean, he's probably pretty damn close to that 1,000-yard mark as it stands, so... Um, I won't be disappointed, but again, you expect more out of him. I'm looking at the targets here, and he has doubled the targets as the next guy in line, which is Braxton Berrios. So um, between Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, I mean, those are your one-two punch. And um, when that that second uh, punch isn't really hitting as hard as it has in years past, it's just not the same. So um, I, I think I'm going to go with the over, though. You didn't ask me. I'm going to say he goes over that, but I won't be upset if he went under unless we're looking at what? He has 522 right now. He gets up to you know 700. Then he's missed probably a couple more games, and – um, then I would be a little bit upset. But I think Jalen Waddle is going to hit over 1,000 yards. And um, can we factor in some of these playoff games, right? If you factor in the playoff game, I'm going to say easily over 1,100. <laughs> it's interesting to see how Waddle's season has gone. Early in the year, he was averaging five, six targets. He really ballooned against the Giants with 10 targets. At home against the Patriots, 12 targets. And then six in Germany, we mentioned it, he was dealing with that injury. His three games with the highest targets, actually, the more I look at it, breaking math on the spot, uh, Miami's three home games so far this year, he's had at least nine targets, nine, 10, and 12. Everything else has been five or six. So right there, right away, tells me, Merrick, I'm going to go against you a little bit. I think Sunday might be a waddle game. I think they're actually going to be the safest with Devon Achan. I think you're looking at Baltimore late in the season. You're looking at Buffalo. That's when you want Achan. I think the offense is just 
might still just try to lean him in five, 10 carries, something like that. It'll disappoint a lot of people. Uh, but man, Waddle at home is a bet that I think I'm talking myself into as we speak. Yeah. And you know, flip a coin here over under, I hope he goes over as well. I love Jalen Waddle. I think he's a great, great player. And I think this team is much better when he's firing on all cylinders. Again, it's just going to come down to health with him, especially this season. So, I mean, fingers crossed that he gets healthy, stays healthy, contributes to this offense, this offense, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's stalled over the last few weeks, but it's not where it was earlier in the season. So they had a bye week to, to kind of work out some of these kinks a little bit, get HN back and maybe focus a little bit more on Waddle and, and stop force feeding the ball to Tyreek Hill, uh, which would only probably piss off Hill since his goal is to hit the 2000 yard mark. And he's, you know, right now I think he's projected for like 2036 or something like that. So it's it's getting close. It's getting close to that 2000 mark, and he's going to want his target. So we'll see if there's any uh, contention there if some of these balls start going to Waddle. I doubt it. Tyreek Hill seems like a great teammate. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, over, under, like I said, I hope he goes over as well. I, I think I was just trying to be a contrarian because I knew I y'all were going to go over. <laughs> Josh, you brought up an interesting – go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. We're not doing the nod thing. You go ahead. What were you going to say? Let's hear this interesting point. So yesterday I wrote an article for the Finsider about the Dolphins open – or actually activating River Craycraft. And I didn't read my title over it, and I just put Rivercraft has been activated, and I really wanted to leave (laughs) it because it would have actually kind of made sense. Um, But before I get into some uh, wide receiver three talk, Josh, uh, did did you have a final waddle point? I, I honestly don't remember what I was going to say. I think I was going to try to transition into this wide receiver three talk. So um, that's perfect, Jake. Let's talk about wide receiver three. We're just running in circles and I love it. Welcome to another Dolphins podcast. Josh, you brought up an interesting point there talking about Waddle, how he's had 59 targets on the year. Next up for the Dolphins, Braxton Barrios has 25. So guys, what do you think happens in the second half of the season at wide receiver three? Now, I know this isn't the most exciting position to talk about, but Merrick, you said it. The offense hasn't been too great in recent weeks. It's looked very awkward, and I think part of that is because they don't have that third comfortable option at receiver. Against the Chiefs, Cedric Wilson was targeted five times. He only caught one of those passes. Uh, Braxton Berrios didn't have a single target. River Craycraft, he was averaging four, five, six targets early in the season before he got hurt against the Denver Broncos. All of said Wilson's targets came after that week. So, guys... Is a wide receiver three potentially what this Miami Dolphins offense needs to just feel a little more comfortable, maybe not score 70, but look a little less awkward than a high school or even go a middle school dance? Well, I that's the thing about this Dolphins offense. I don't think you're ever going to get a solidified wide receiver three. You know, they're going to be moving guys in and out. I think Craycraft coming back is actually a, a big thing for this offense. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily in the receiving department, though. I think he is the best blocking receiver on this team, and it could actually help, uh, you know, get this run game back on track a little bit, help Acham when he comes back too. But also, you know, he can block on, on some of these wide receiver screens to Waddle and to Hill as well. So I think the Craycraft, uh, you know, addition, him coming back is huge for this offense. Again, maybe not necessarily as a receiver. I think Braxton Berrios can be used and he can step up and get some of these third down grabs, you know, these these move the change, excuse me, move the chains type receptions. You know, he's not going to be catching 20, 25 yard bombs, you know, from from Tua here, but but he can do some more. I'd like to see Chase Claypool get a little bit more run here. 
you know, he he's been down the last couple seasons in Chicago, but his rookie year in, in Pittsburgh and his second year in Pittsburgh, he was a weapon. He was an offensive weapon, and he can be used in a lot of different ways, and his blocking has also been pretty good. So I'd like to see him get a little bit more involved as he continues to get more comfortable with this, you know, very challenging, very difficult to learn offense. You know, he had a, a, an off week, a bye week here to, to work on some things. Now, I did just see on Twitter that he didn't practice today. Neither did Braxton Berrios. So we'll have to see what's going on with those two. But I think for me personally, I really would like to see Chase Claypool get involved in it. And if he can contribute in the pass game and the run game, you know, with his big frame, he can be a, a, a big an end slot. Zone. Yeah, there you go. Big slot. You know, move all over the field. I don't care where you line up. Line up in the backfield. Take some of those those uh, Debo carries that that uh, we've been looking for ever since the Dolphins hired Mike McDaniel. Uh, and he's just a big body that you can use in the red zone, in the end zone. You know, I, I liked uh, – I liked Cedric Wilson's one catch he had in Kansas city because it was for a touchdown and it was a ball that Tua just kind of threw it up there and said, Hey, 50, 50 ball, go up and get it said. And uh, Claypool's bigger than Cedric Wilson is. So, you know, he can go up there and, and win some of those contested catches. So for me personally, let's get Claypool involved. I'd like to unlock some of his potential. Yeah, I won't mind seeing that vending machine out there catching passes, but I think you um you kind of touched on it, Jake. I mean, River Craycraft, what he brings to the table, it's all those little things, right? The blocking, you know, he has his offense down to a T. He's almost like an extra coach out in the field, but I think it's going to be Cedric Wilson that we see start to kind of emerge. I don't know what it is between him and Tua Tungvaluwa. Um, I think he might have worked for that perform, right, in the summertime. Maybe they got some extra reps in there. I think uh, Ced earned the nickname Ced the Onion Head or whatever, but I feel like these last few weeks you've really seen him start to come out prove that he can, you know, be an asset, whether it be catching those passes in the red zone, doing some of that grit work, like making those blocks in the run game. So um, I, I don't know who it's going to be. I'm going to put my money on maybe Cedric Wilson. I know it won't be Robbie Chosen, right? As painful as that is to say, it won't be Robbie Chosen. I'd love to see the vending machine Chase Claypool step up, but the way things are starting to go, I think it might be Cedric Wilson's time to earn some of that money. I mean, I'd hope to be Braxton Berrios, but um, you look at that um, difference in the targets between Waddle and Hill and then down to Barrios. I mean, even Durham Smythe, when you're looking at the targets, has a chance to to kind of push for more targets as the season progresses. But we want someone to step up. And after these last few weeks, I'm going to put my money on said the onion head. Who called him a vending machine? That, that Tyreek. <laughs> Definitely Tyreek. <laughs> what an awesome, awesome way to describe a wide receiver. Um, what an interesting dynamic for wide receiver three, because I do think it's going to be important down the stretch. Uh, Braxton Berrios has been dealing with a couple injuries himself. So I think that plays a role. Uh, Josh, you foreshadowed it a little bit. So the Dolphins now have seven wide receivers on the active roster. Devon Achan's about to come back. And I think this could maybe be the end for a fan favorite receiver. I'm not entirely sure, but I, I, I think this might be farewell for Robbie Chosen. I was gonna let Merrick talk. Merrick, you want to get in on this? I know you haven't. You, well, you never thought his uh, Space Ranger visor and those cool dreads. You never were. Um, that never got you excited. But I can't say the same for me. No, I I was excited for his speed, and I thought he was another guy who who could stretch the field. But it just hasn't really clicked for him, and he hasn't been 
you know, active for a number of games. And even when he was, he hasn't been used. I don't know if you have his stats up there on the, on the screen there, Jake, but uh, you know, he, he's being paid a little bit of coin here to do nothing to not, to not, not catch footballs, at least not catch footballs from Tua Tungabailoa. He does have the one touchdown on the year, but that came from Mike White in garbage time against the Broncos. Actually, most of that game was just garbage time. Uh, great garbage time though. We loved watching that, but yeah, Robbie chosen. I don't think he's going to be long for the Miami dolphins. Like you said it, Jake, it's a numbers game, seven receivers. You're not going to carry that, uh, for the rest of the season. And if these guys are starting to get healthy and you get somebody like Craycraft back, like they just did today, uh, I think Robbie chosen is going to be on the outs sooner than later. I don't know what you want me to say. You want me to shed a tear? I've been through Preston Williams, Isaiah Ford. We can <laughs> we can deal with Robbie Chosen being kicked to the curb. I mean, I, I did raise my eyebrow when you say he's getting paid. I mean, isn't he making like minimum to do? Um, basically, he has the same numbers as Chase Claypool. They both have two catches, except um, Robbie Chosen had a touchdown. Yep. Let's not forget that. But, I mean, could he fall in the practice squad? Could he not be a guy that maybe they see something in that, you know, in case we're in oh, a yeah. situation again a couple weeks down the road, which – um, you know, knock on wood, we're not in that situation, but based on the way these first few weeks have gone, we might need help later in the season. But, um, I think when Robbie Chosen first came here, we knew that it was an uphill battle for him, but we were hoping, at least I was hoping, and I got that one touchdown and to see him wear that visor. So, I'm a happy guy. Point. So, Braxton Barrios is third on the team with 25 targets, Raheem Moster is fourth with 24, Durham Smythe has 22, and then there's Salvan Ahmed with 20. Gentlemen, what? as we wrap no, up, no, that here, can't be true. Really? Bananas. Jeff Wilson has seven targets in three games. I'd like to speak to a manager about that one. Uh, but who ends the season with the third most targets on the Miami Dolphins? Real quick, around the circle. Um, I'm going to go Braxton Berrios. We're going targets? Yep. He's at what? Are we going to – damn. I was going to throw out uh, Devon Acham, but I don't think that can be. So we'll, uh, I'll go Cedric Wilson. It's, it's going to be Braxton Barrios, though. But we do got to give him credit because he made some clutch – you know, there were a couple clutch uh, catches he made early in the season. You just hope to see more of that and less of him uh, dating different TikTok stars or Instagram models or whatever the hell I get tagged in all the time on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he was one of the sexiest men alive, right? Sexiest athletes alive, right? But I don't I know the so. difference between these Alexes. Fourth? fourth, yeah. He, he I mean, he's he just looks like a, just needs, a, a middle school a, social studies teacher. That's what I, I'm I gonna know. go. That's I'm gonna. I'm like. gonna be contrarian. Durham Smythe. Durham Smythe is somehow in the league leading offense. Durham Smythe is gonna finish third in targets. Oh, I thought you were saying who the sexiest Miami Dolphin was. I think Durham he's Smythe deserves that. He's handsome. He's 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 true grit. He's what you need. He's better than Mike Isicki. Is he better than Mike Isicki? Uh, Can we confirm that? And move on. That's that's crazy. I'm I'm gonna go with Jalen Waddle. He's so smooth. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, are we talking about third and targets again? Are you saying we're talking <laughs> handsome? Yeah, I think Jalen Waddle. So I'm going Jalen Phillips. Jalen Jalen Phillips has to be up there. You like you like that? Yeah, he's got 47 abs. Gentlemen, <laughs> the Miami Dolphins have a negative four turnover differential through nine games. Will that be negative by the time the season ends with eight games left on the schedule? No. No, 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 no. This defense is rounding into form. Uh, we've only seen one game where Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard played together. I think that is the key to getting more turnovers on this defense. Both of those guys are, are ball hawks. Both of those guys can get interceptions. 
which which is what makes that perfect, right? Because if you got Jalen Ramsey on one side and then you force feed the ball to the other side, Xavier can can nab the ball out of the air, get an interception. You know, conversely, if you see Xavier Howard locking somebody up and you throw it to the other side, Jalen Ramsey's over there, he can grab an interception himself. You know, Cater Kohu might might benefit from that. Javon Holland might benefit from that. Uh, this defense in particular is pretty darn good at getting to the quarterback. We could see some some strip sacks, some more forced fumbles. Uh, Bradley Chubb has a forced fumble in like a couple consecutive games here now, uh, and he's looking real good. I think this defense is about to go kind of crazy on some lesser than opponents. You know, you got the Raiders coming up. You got the Jets coming up. You got the Commanders who Sam Howell gets sacked at a higher rate than any quarterback in the league right now. Then you got the Titans who are starting a rookie quarterback and then back to the Jets. And we know that Zach Wilson just, you know, it can be a turnover machine at times. Although I saw a stat, he's only thrown one interception in like his last six games or something like that. That might've been for this past before this past weekend. But I think this defense rounding into form at the perfect time is going to force a lot of turnovers. And I think the dolphins are, are going to be, uh, a little bit better in that department. I think Tua is going to clamp down a little bit on that. Probably doesn't like the amount of interceptions he's throwing. And I think they can climb back to even here pretty soon and then finish the year with a positive uh, margin in the turnover department. Yeah, I'm, I mean, we're probably going to go on one of those uh, streaks like we have with Josh Boyer around. Wasn't there like a 21-game takeaway streak or something crazy we had there for a little while? So um, I think you're both right. My answer was going to be if Bradley Chubb has any say in this, we're going to, right? I mean, this dude's been playing out of his mind. I think that's what kind of got Jake and I really excited about talking about this. I mean, 40 total tackles this year. He has a six sacks, his own pace to have his better season than he did his rookie year. And he's playing at that level. That's making everybody else next to him play an insane level. I mean, you got Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer always making plays. Jalen Phillips, like we were gushing about. David Long Jr. is playing out of his mind. I mean, we can sit here and list all the pieces on defense, but I think um, what we're going to see over these next few weeks is kind of a battle between the offense and defense to see, um, I guess, you can't really say the identity of this team, but, um, you know, which unit wants to go into the I keep saying playoffs and I got to stop that. I got to stop bringing up playoffs. <laughs> Who wants to go into the end of the season, you know, playing their best football because it started out, the offense was red hot. Now the defense is starting to catch up. You see Vic Fangio getting all his little chess pieces back. Um, that total is definitely going to be in the positive. And I think we're, again, we're going to see a, a long streak of games now where the Dolphins get a turnover, whether it be a Bradley Chubb strip sack, a Javon Holland interception, whatever it might be, because um, defenses aren't ready for what they're about to see. Josh, Man. you could say playoffs. I saw an ESPN graphic right before we started recording. Oh, this is said, I, I know what you're going to say. This is so bad. It says the Miami right, Dolphins have a nine, 95% chance to make the playoffs and an 85% chance to win the AFC East and a 21% chance to win the Super Bowl. Huh. See, those process, I that. believe those things. Every time you see them and it's an, a negative thing, you're like, oh, they're full of shit. But you see this and you hear that, you're like, okay, <laughs> I, I believe all this. That, These guys yeah, are smart. Makes me feel cool. I do like that Mike McDaniel's press conference today, though. You know, I think they were talking about the playoffs, and he just basically said, you know, we're not looking at the playoffs. We're looking at winning the AFC East and playing multiple games. So um, it's just different times as a Dolphins fan. But, I, yeah, I, I can't feel anything more than Joe Philbin Queasy bringing up the playoffs. At least, what, week 11? We're headed into week 11 now? Raiders game? Already. Oh, Bradley so Chubb's been so fun to watch because you, think about it, it. It's it's not super complicated. If you're a quarterback and you see Xavier Howard or Jalen Ramsey now um, out there, you're going to hesitate for half a second. And that half a second means the ball is, is in your hands. And where is Bradley Chubb coming from? The blind side. 
And all of a sudden, that's where he has his four forced fumbles from. That's been so impressive to watch. Merrick, Chubb leads the team with six sacks, but it's really like a four, five, six, uh, you know, player player race here. Wilkins has four and a half, AVG at four, Sealer four, Jalen Phillips at three and a half, who leads the team in sacks come the end of the year. I, I really do think it's Bradley Chubb. I just, I really like... Uh, where he's at right now. I really like the way he's been playing. I think, you know, again, we go back to to Jalen Ramsey coming back to this team and Xavier Howard being healthy now. If these guys can stay healthy, these coverage sacks will be a thing for this defensive line. They're, they're already pressuring quarterbacks at an extremely high rate. They're hitting quarterbacks at an extremely high rate. They're sacking quarterbacks at an extremely high rate. And that's only going to continue uh, as this defense gets healthy and this secondary starts clamping things down. And again, like I mentioned, they're going against some lesser than quarterbacks coming up here. You got Aiden O'Connell as a rookie, you know, you got Zach Wilson who plays like a middle schooler. I think it looks and plays like a middle schooler. Uh, you got Will Levis who, you know, he's been looking pretty decent out there, but still a rookie. And, and then uh, you got Sam Howell who, admittedly having a pretty good season but get sacked a lot so i think they're just really going to be able to to kind of do whatever they want on defense here and i think bradley chubb is going to continue to get these uh get these numbers in the stat sheet i think he will lead this team in sacks when it's all said and done sam Howell does have a nice visor though we got to make sure we bring that up any quarterback <laughs> with a visor is a-okay in my Leads book um passing yards i think too yeah, something crazy like that. Um, he, He's got some nice weapons. I, I like the commanders. They're going to probably change your name soon. Not to get sidetracked here. Okay, you said Bradley Chubb. That's probably the easy money. I was going to say Jalen Phillips, but I think that might be a cop-out. So I'm going to go crazy here and say Christian Wilkins. You know, he wants those sacks to get that money. Uh, Four and a half right now when you're a quarterback and you see Jalen Phillips on one end and Bradley Chubb on the other, what's the first thing you're going to do? Try to step up, right? So um, let's go right. with Christian Wilkins. We'll give him. We'll get, yeah. Well, you're probably praying coming into this game, right? You're just, uh, please let me get through these three hours and not get sandwiched like Bryce Petty um, did when Sue and <laughs> Wake destroyed him. So we'll go with Christian Wilkins. I mean, I know that's a long shot based on everything we know, um, but four and a half sacks already. So hell with it, man. He's going to get 10, and then they're going to have to, um, again, that contract could be massive. They have so many people they have to pay. Happy podcast. We'll talk about that uh, when the season's over, which won't be until February. We'll see you in March. Yeah, March. We're going to the parade if it happens. Yeah, so what would, what would that sack total be for Wilkins? Um, you know, we, we kind of feel that this Dolphins defense is starting to pick up the pace, so I think the numbers are going to improve where you could kind of say uh, they're going to kind of lap what they did in the first half of the season. So if Christian Wilkins does lead the team in sacks, I do think it'd be kind of spread out pretty wide. I think AVG would even be flirting around 10. So would Sealer, but who or what would that amount be for Wilkins? Yeah, I said 10. It would have to be more than that. Just based on, I mean, Bradley Chubb's going to have 10 in the next, you know, few weeks. So we'll go, we'll go 12 and a half, 12 and a half for Wilkins. That sounds absolutely insane. I realized how crazy my prediction was, but yeah, sure. No ice heavy on the YOLO. I like it. YOLO. Merrick, I'm putting you on the spot here. The Dolphins have two cornerbacks that have interceptions. Who are they? Uh, two cornerbacks with interceptions. I'm going to go Jalen Ramsey because he has the one against the Patriots. And then I'm you going... almost just said the second one too because it was also one against the Patriots. I'm pretty sure. Oh, interesting. Um, I can't remember. I'm gonna go Eli Apple, Xavier Howard, man. Oh, Xavier well, wasn't oh, Cam Smith. We know that. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Mayor, there is one linebacker that has one interception. Who is it? 
Um, that's going to be Jerome Baker. Nailed it. Nailed it. Merrick, there is one defensive lineman who has an interception. Who is it? Zach Sealer. Emmanuel Agba. Agba. <laughs> He's got those big paws. I hate when he does those questions. He just nailed it with four of them. Damn. That's like old Stanford (laughs) test. That is to prove that the Dolphins only have four interceptions so far this season. And that kind of speaks to how they're losing the turnover battle. I think the interceptions has been the most surprising thing. So, guys, who leads this league? Or they might lead the league. Who leads the team in interceptions by year's end? I'm going to go with Xavier Howard. I think think if – if opposing quarterbacks are forced to pick their poison between throwing it at Ramsey or throwing it at Howard, they're going to test Howard more. And I think that's going to lead to him getting his hands on some balls at a higher rate than Jalen Ramsey. I mean, I think that's what I said on one of the earlier podcasts when we did way back when was that he was going to be, I think I even said defensive or defensive player of the year because um, everyone's going to be trying to avoid Jalen Ramsey. So since you said Xavier Howard, then I got to say something else. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Manuel Agba. I'm kidding. I'm going to go with, uh, <laughs> go with J- we'll go with Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey's going to lead the team in interceptions. That's not really a hot take. I, should, I, want, I wish I had something better than that. Cater Kohu. I got, I got you. Nothing. I got you. So the thing here is, you instantly want to say Howard or Ramsey, especially because I just mentioned them, right? But they only have one interception. Someone can have two interceptions and instantly be leading the team. That's why I think it's going to be Javon Holland. The amount he's playing in the slot, the amount he's playing in the box, he is about to shatter his career highs in both of those, where I think having Jalen Ramsey back, having a healthy Jalen Phillips that who's going to get his sacks, I think all these guys just help Javon Holland be that absolute playmaker. He's going to be like Mario, looking like a rainbow, running around, knocking over every shell, knocking over every Goomba. This is going to be Javon Holland's defense. He has three forced fumbles. I think those all came against Denver, but I think where he helps this team win the turnover battle is getting some interceptions. Zach Wilson, Aiden O'Connell. Those sound like some names that uh, Javon Holland can catch a pass or two from. Yeah. I I think Aiden O'Connell, I think he throws two interceptions this week. I think he does. Aiden the Dolphins defense? Yeah. I think – I think the Dolphins are going to come out like a team possessed against the Raiders. The Raiders, they got a nice little story going, right? They, they fire Josh McDaniels, Antonio Pierce, former player comes in. He's being everybody's buddy and yada, yada, yada. I think this is the week where, where, uh, you know, that, that Cinderella story goes off the rails. I think that that carriage turns back into a pumpkin. And I think the Miami Dolphins put a hurting on them. They're coming to South Florida, traveling across the country, playing, you know, in the heat. And, and I really do think this rested, healthy Miami Dolphins team, they're going to show the rest of the NFL that, you know, again, the Raiders aren't a great team, uh, but, but they're going to put the rest of the NFL on notice and say, hey, a lot of you guys buried us. You thought our season was over after a loss to the Chiefs. You know, maybe I, I got a little carried away myself even, you know, writing the eulogy for this team. But I, I do think they're about ready to get back on track. Tua's got the cornrows now. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a, a big victory for the Miami Dolphins over the Raiders this weekend. Is that his, Was he just laying himself up for a prediction? Shouldn't he just give his prediction at this point? That was, that was a prediction. Oh, no, you, you, you cannot let I, us I'm, I'm predicting two interceptions. That's my, that's my current prediction, oh, okay. two interceptions. Okay. I think Xavier's going to get one, and I'll go Holland gets his, his first interception of the year. So the Raiders okay. have been so a what, nice feel-good. 
Sorry, Josh, go ahead. Go, go ahead, go ahead. I have nothing to say. The Raiders have won back-to-back games in impressive fashion, and that got me thinking. That got the hamster wheel going. Um, the Dolphins had an interim coach recently that also won his first two games in impressive fashion. Man Campbell, I was actually at this game, uh, beat the Titans 38-10, to which was an absolute blast. Then they <laughs> rocked Houston 44-26. to That third game, Man Campbell, Ryan Tannehill and company, lost 36 to seven to the new England Patriots on the road. I think this might be that 36 to seven game. I think Mm. the Raiders, it's a good feel good. I understand how much of a relief it is to have someone like Josh McDaniels out the door, but Merrick, I agree with you. I think the Dolphins team is too talented. They have their eyes on a bigger prize than just, Hey, let's get this win so we can smoke a cigar, which again, I'm not hating very cool. I'm glad they got to do that because it looked like a lot of fun. And I, I wish I was there. No, I think that's stupid. Smoking a cigar midway through the season because you want to get, and that's dumb. Like, grow up. You guys are professionals. I don't, I saw that and I was like, what are you doing? That's silliness. When, when after a game would they been like casually smoke a cigar? How many hours would you, would they have to leave the premises for the You cigar can smoke a cigar before? all you want, but don't let anyone film you doing it. Because anyone <laughs> who lets someone film them smoking a cigar looks like a douche. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I did have that. that as a Facebook profile picture once. So, I mean, yeah, I guess, we, I guess we're good here. <laughs> Dude, Joshua, you got any cigar story? Uh-oh. No, just that every time I, no, just that every time I smoke them, I get sick. Because I, I think I, um, the way I inhale it, it reminds you of something else. Like I'm Ricky Williams and it just not good i just start coughing yeah, and not, dying and not supposed get to a headache. That. Not the same <laughs> stuff. Not good at it. No, that's my only story. Before we wrap up here, guys, we heard earlier this week that the Miami Dolphins added Anthony Schwartz, a third wide receiver, to the practice squad. What we heard on Wednesday, Tuesday, one of the two days, depending on uh, when it actually report. I think it was Tuesday. I think the report came out on Tuesday. uh, That the Miami Dolphins were trying out three safeties and three guards. So outside of the players that are coming in, because I think the goal of these players isn't, you know, Anthony Schwartz isn't about Jalen Waddell being injured, uh, you know, Adding a safety isn't because Brandon Jones is still struggling with his injury. I think these are just depth pieces. And I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. As you see Chris Greer sniffing around these different players, uh, how do you think he feels about the roster? And where do you think he sees the concerns where come late December, maybe early January, we need some guy to play 15 snaps. We need Lester Cotton to come in and be left guard. That type of mindset. Yeah, I I do think uh, you're right on the other positions, but I think that guard spot is a little uh, little shaky right now with those injuries. You know, Robert Jones got the got the knee issue. Uh, Robert Hunt's got the hamstring issue. You know, they've said they're kind of day to day on on those guys, week to week. Even um, I don't think Rob Hunt plays this weekend. I do think there's a good chance he returns uh, the following Friday. I believe we're already at that Black Friday game coming up here pretty soon. That's that's wild. Um, but I, I do think you you want to get some offensive line pieces in there that you can feel good about if they were pressed into duty. Uh, I think Andrew Norwell was the big name on the on the the guard list there. You know, multiple many many starts in in the National Football League. So I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be too upset if they wanted to sign him to the practice squad. He's a, a breaking case of emergency type player. Um, but you never know, and you don't want an injury to one of your star players to derail the season. We were, we were there last year. We felt that last year. Um, and, you know, they've, they've kind of work, worked their way through these injuries so far this season. 
but you, you, you got to have some reserves in there that, that can be used if needed. So I, I like that they're looking at the offensive linemen. I think with the safety spot, very important position in Vic Fangio's defense. They're probably not super happy with what they've gotten from a guy like Brandon Jones so far, maybe looking for a, a, a type of guy that Jones really isn't, you know, maybe a guy that can, that can get out there and coverage a little bit better than, than Brandon Jones can do. Um, so we'll see if anything comes of that, but I, I, I like, I think, I guess my overall point with these tryouts is I like that they're still turning over stones. They're still trying to find pieces to add to the roster, put on the practice squad and say, how can we get better? They're not being complacent. They're doing the work to put in the time and the effort in. And uh, you like to see it as a fan of this team. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things about Chris Greer is the way he just continues, you know, throughout the entire year to try to continue to build on that roster, you know, try to bring in an acorn that maybe, you know, just needs the right coaching and an Anthony Schwartz to maybe take that next level. So um, we'll see what happens. I do think we mentioned, you mentioned the offensive line. We absolutely need depth there. Defensive line again is a position that we've all been talking about. um, I think since January about needing depth there. So I think Akeem um, Hicks was one of the guys that we've all talked about. I think he came out today. There's a report that, um, a few teams were interested in him, but he didn't know if he was going to come back. So um, we'll see what happens. But the bye week is the week where you bring in these depth pieces and try to get better for that inevitable playoff push, which we're all hoping happens. So um, keep doing what you're doing, Chris Greer. And, you know, maybe we'll see one of these acorns playing a few snaps um, down the stretch. Still one of the most impressive parts about this Miami Dolphins season it's is the ability to keep Tua Tagovailoa's jersey clean for most of the game. Uh, Merrick, when you see that big cue next to Robert Jones and that big cue next to Robert Hunt, do you feel like you're approaching that point of the straw breaking the camel's back, or do you feel like left guard, right guard, at least short term, are two positions that you can maybe work around? Yeah, I think, you know, that's kind of the the thought process with guards is that they're probably – uh, the easiest positions to replace on the offensive line, the left guard, the right guard spot, hard to replace your tackles. Those guys are always in demand. Your center uh, kind of has the most responsibility pre-snap of any position along the offensive line. So you want a guy in there who's who's really comfortable with the offense and comfortable calling out the protections and whatnot. So I think if you're going to you know, suffer an injury on the offensive line, Either one of those guard spots is where you want it to happen. Maybe not both of those guard spots. I, I really don't like having to to walk into any game, even if it's a game against an opponent we think we can beat, like the Raiders. You don't like to walk into that game down two offensive linemen, both starting guards. So, um, you know, they, they were in that boat in Kansas City, and the backups actually performed pretty well uh, in, in that spot. But you're hoping – at least in particular with Rob Hunt, that that's not a long-term injury. If he does miss this one, he can be back for that Jets Jets game the week after. They might be looking at that and thinking, okay, can we get through this Raiders game without exposing him to to further injury potentially um, because we'd like to win that divisional matchup against the Jets who are winning football games despite looking awful most of the time. And you're going to put a lot of that on their defense looking real good. So if you can get Rob Hunt back to go against that defensive line, a pretty good defensive line, the New York Jets boast, um, then I think that's what we're we're keeping our fingers and toes crossed for. Yeah. I was just going to say it sucks that we are without Rob Hunt because he's, again, arguably the best offensive lineman we have. But I do think if you're asking if you'd rather have both tackles missing or even your center, I think we can get by with the guards. At least, um, like Merrick said, we looked pretty well last week against Kansas City Chiefs. 
it looks like it's going to be Liam Eikenberg at left guard and Lester Cotton at right guard. That's just kind of how the uh, depth chart shakes out. It's actually interesting that they uh, the Dolphins made a switch where Robert Jones is officially the starting left guard, and he will be when he's healthy. And they push Liam Eikenberg back. I think that's important. I think it is so important to have that backup uh, center that you can trust in big moments. But guys, outside of Lester Cotton and Liam Eikenberg, there isn't a lot to work with there on the offensive line. Do you reach a point where you start where, when does your arm get twisted to the point that Kendall Lamb needs to come in as a guard? Because I kind of like keeping him as a tackle, but I mean, uh, desperate times call for uh, desperate measures and a baby's got to do what a baby's got to do, right? Well, they'll tell you, we want to get the best five guys on the field at any given time. I think Kendall Beautiful. Lamb is in that boat, but I understand why they're not putting him out there. And honestly, I think Kendall Lamb is on record uh, in saying that he doesn't want to play left guard because he doesn't feel like he can play it effectively. I think he feels like he's a tackle, in particular a left tackle. And we've seen that so far this year when he's been pressed into duty uh, because of the myriad of injuries that Teron Armstead uh, has been suffering. He's he's looked good. He, he's played pretty well at the left tackle spot. So, uh, again, if you put him out there at left guard, you risk, uh, you know, exposing him to injury. And then what happens when Teron Armstead gets injured again? And now you're scrambling to to try to coach up either Austin Jackson to get back over on the left side or Keon Smith. And both of those things sound not good in my mind. So I think for right now, I'm comfortable with Eichenberg at left guard. Never thought I'd say that, but, uh, and comfortable with Cotton at right guard. But if you suffer another injury to either of those spots, then you might be looking at Kendall Lamb and saying, listen, I don't give a crap what you want to do. We're going to need you to, pl to play one of these spots this week because we're in a, in a dire position here. Yeah, you ran over that depth chart, got me queasy, and I, you just wonder if we're going to get off here and there's going to be a signing to you know Andrew Norwell or whoever it might be that they just worked out because um, that does sound a little bit breaking case of emergency if we have to move Kendall Lamb inside and Let's be honest, at this point, he, he might be the long-term answer at left tackle with Teron Armstead, um, the way he's been banged up and the way he's been playing. So um, let's hope I we get healthy like because that is not – who's that? Kendall Lamb? I think, I think he's like 31. He's not a spring chicken. Yeah. Those guys can play how for old, a while, though. So he's so he's even older than Teron Armstead is what you're saying. Oh, God. That's not good, <laughs> right? Oh, it's Teron Armstead. Toronto, no, Toronto Armstead's 32. Okay, so if Toronto right, Armstead was right. that uh, franchise left tackle, then Kendall Lamb could be too, right? I mean, we were going to rely on Toronto Armstead nice for, for what, three or four years? Yeah. At a much so cheaper we'll cost see. too. Well, it was. Kendall Lamb's going to cost a little bit more now after this season. They're just going to be playing this podcast, obviously. Uh, just guys, basically sounds envision. like our offensive line is in shambles. We're going to be screwed on the offensive line with everybody. Oh, we're doing we're doing. Envision it. Austin Jackson at left guard. Julian Hill starting right tackle as the blind side for two. What are we doing? What's happening now? That 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 I think would be the panic. Yeah, I think it'd have to be one of the tight ends to come in to be, be a worst case scenario. But all right, I, we can't talk too much about that. We're going to take one more break. And on the other side, we're going to get Merrick's, Merrick's prediction for the game. All right, Merrick, the moment we've all been waiting for. 42 minutes and 30 Four seconds into the podcast, how are we feeling about Sunday? And more importantly, how are the young ones feeling? Uh, I'm feeling good. Young ones are feeling good too. I'll, I'll go with my prediction, uh, my game score first. Uh, I, I touched on it a little bit earlier in this pod, but I feel really confident going into this game against the Raiders. Like, like 
maybe scarily confident. Like maybe this is going to backfire because I feel so confident. But I think you're looking at probably uh, a 38 to 10 victory for the Miami Dolphins, a game where they're comfortably leading and you don't see Tua, Tyreek, Jalen, Raheem. You don't see those guys for most of the fourth quarter. I think they get pulled and and I, I, I think we're getting multiple turnovers on defense, interceptions, f- strip sacks, things like that. I think this is going to be a good game to be a Miami Dolphins fan. I think it's going to get us right back on track, get us feeling good about the second half of the season. So I'll go 38 to 10 Miami Dolphins. Uh, my youngest also predicting a Dolphins victory. He has it a little bit closer. He said 21-17. And then my oldest is going with a 24-17 victory for the Miami Dolphins this week. Are you disappointed in their lack of confidence? I don't think they like fully grasp scores yet. And like, what's a good score and what's a bad score. I think they're just happy to get the win. Uh, And every once in a while, they'll just throw something random or crazy out there. I remember my youngest picked the chiefs to win like 41 to 17 or something like that. And uh, I I chastised him. I was like, that better not happen. Did you just jinx us? But uh but yeah, I I, th- I think they're they're just happy to get a, a win or a victory. I don't think they have any idea how good or bad the the Las Vegas Raiders are. So I I think they're just they I think they saw the that they beat the Jets and they were like, oh, they they might be a good team. They just won, and I'm like, you guys don't understand how bad the Jets are. Somehow they're winning games, but they're bad. That team sucks. What are the vibes in the Houts Houts? They're ready for Christmas. That's the vibes over here. <laughs> no, they, they know the Raiders aren't going to stand a chance. They know they know what the Dolphins are going to do. But, yeah, they're ready for Christmas. <laughs> We're all ready for Christmas. Get a couple Lego sets. You know, really get things going here. But that is it. That is all we have for another Dolphins podcast. Did you know one out of six people who tune into the show do so on YouTube? You can watch the show on the 560 WQAM YouTube channel if you'd like to see our beautiful faces. Otherwise, you can continue listening to the show wherever you get your podcasts. This is it for at JMiddle94, at Embrave13, and at Outs. Thank you so much for listening to another podcast from another Dolphins podcast. We will talk to you soon. And until then, fins up. Fins up, baby. Fins up. Fins up.